During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, May 21st, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioa Jr. Joining me is a man Snyder cut from a different cloth, Greg Miller. Hey, Blessing, how are you? It's brand- You woke up in a brave new world. You know what I mean? I Everything's looking yeah. up now. Don't worry about it. Woke up all of a sudden, everything changed. Everything's different now. You know, dreams Snyder can come true. It's being you know released. released. I think for too long... Today? I feel great. I mean, yesterday I was on cloud nine. You know what I mean? Nothing yeah. can bring me down. And today I woke up same way. Can't believe this is happening. Can't believe this is the reality we live in. But here we are, blessing. The Snyder Cuts Real. Four hours and or a six-part miniseries. That's what it's all about. $20 million to finish this film. Let's go. How much of a hand personally do you think you had in this happening? Because I feel like, and of course, I'm in your circle. And so sure. you're the one I hear yelling about it the most. Yeah. But I don't necessarily see anybody else yelling about it aside from the actors. Mm-hmm. And so I like, how much... How much of a hand in this do you think you personally had? I mean, credit where credit's due, honestly, dropping any joking stuff. Like, I didn't have much to do with this at all. Like, I think maybe I'm the most vocal video game person about it or whatever. And like in your mm. world, obviously, because you have to work with me every day. But the actual hashtag release the Snyder Cut people that were raising money for suicide prevention, putting out T-shirts, flying planes over Comic-Con, putting up billboards at Comic-Con, that kind of stuff. Like, there were people out there doing real work. There were a bunch of people being assholes as well. But welcome to the Internet. Where right now I can say I love the yeah. color green and everybody's like, I love green too. So I'm going to fuck people who say blue, they like blue. I'm going to go kill. You know what I mean? Like It's like, ugh. yeah. Now, but all Kevin, in all, we did it. Fuck Question blue. This, what, what's going on with the background for the show? This is KFGD, right? Yeah, it is. This, this, no, this, yeah, this isn't a surprise games pass that we're recording right now. We're on fire, though. It kind of looks cool. What's up, know? everybody? I'm Tim Geddes. This is Greg Miller. This is uh, or the coolest student video games. Greg Miller. Welcome to hey, Gamescast. Oh, there it is. Oh, now, now we're now, getting We're back on track. We're back on track. Uh, Greg, I want to issue to you an apology. This has happened two nights in a row now Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. I get hit up for for Predator. You know, we get to play with Nick Scarpino, do the whole thing, right? Want some candy? Somehow, two nights in a row, I've fallen asleep at 10 p.m. Pacific time. And I don't know what's going on. The first night wasn't that bad. The first night when you did it, there was a big gap. You know what I mean? Where it was like, hey, do you want to do this tonight or whatever? And then you didn't respond. It was like, no big deal. Last night was the weird one where Nick hit us up in like, hey, do you guys want to play Predator? And before I even responded, you responded like, yeah. oh, I also hear you did this thing. And then I was like, all right, how's 10, 1030? And everybody seemed game. And then we got on a 10 and we texted the thread. No response from you. We ran and made fun of Snow White Mike and Andy. And then we got Fran and then eventually Andy came. We t- I called you. I left you a voicemail. Like there was a, I, I for a second, I was yeah, like, I woke well, up to so many notifications and I was uh, like, oh, fuck. What happened? So I, yeah. I didn't uh, make the cut, huh? Hey, we learned our lesson with you the other night, too, where you didn't answer the call either, all right? There's a list. There's an ordered list of people I go down to get Predators, all right? And so when I finally got to the Fran thing and Fran was signing on, that was great. We got the whole team together. But then when I can't get a response from Blessing, I can't get a response from Kevin the other night, that's when you're like, who's online? Tamor's on. Tamor's always down to play. Get Tamor in here. And then we're off the race. 
Yeah, I, t- I mean, I take full responsibility in my defense. Nick sent that first message at 9 p.m. and I was yeah. immediately ready to go. I would have been ready to go in the moment. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, mm-hmm. like it was the it was the follow up response of, all right, 10 p.m., 10:30, let's do it. And and I didn't respond because I was like, I'll be, I'll be ready to go at 10. Like I'll, sure. I'll show up when I'm I ready need to, to set show an up. alarm clock. I'm not a, I'm not a grandmother. Yeah, and so legit, I was lying in bed just scrolling through TikToks for a good 30 minutes. And then That's all what of a sudden, I, all, too. all of a sudden, I woke up and it was this morning, and I was like crap i missed yeah, the call here's the thing though because i'm looking back at the text thread and you know at 902 nick texts and at 921 you respond so it's not like it was like nine on the dot it was just then then yeah you were you were you were gone and then yeah 1005 i was or 1005 i'm like we got fran let's go and it's been about 30 minutes everything changed i do appreciate your message though from 801 a.m this morning dot 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 i can explain <laughs> I'm so sorry, but enough about Predator Hunting Grounds. Today's stories include Take-Two making it rain games, uh, Valorant getting a release date, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show uh housekeeping we're streaming core today at 1 30 at 1 30 p.m pacific time i believe that's going to be what greg and andy yeah, it's me, uh, it's me, Andy, and then a couple of the devs from Manicore. What we're doing, of course, if you didn't know, there's the Game Jam, kindoffunny.com slash Game Jam. You can go, everything entered, every level entered into the thing uh, gets us $100 for Extra Life. There's a bunch of prizes you can win. Today, we're uh, with Manicore working on and planning out the Kind of Funny hub world. So when we get all these games, oh. we can attach them all to that and have it go. Yes, and that's happening on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, remember, kindoffunny.com slash gamejam. $100 gets donated to Extra Life for every game submitted. Uh, to enter, publish a new game on, on the core platform in one of the four categories, party game, kind of funniest game, retro game, and pop culture inspired game. There's 5K in prizes. Uh, so he- once again, head to kindoffunny.com slash gamejam. And again, this cool. is happening today. What's that, Greg? I was going to say, but yeah, it was, what's important about this is, yeah, today at 1.30, we're doing it because we're your pre-show. At 2 o'clock, you yes. and Andy Cortez are jumping into Crucible, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. 2 p.m. today, right right after the core stream, it's me, it's Andy, we're playing Crucible. If for some reason everything doesn't go go as planned, because like Crucible is a game that's just come out, free to play. Well, that's know, it's already gone around a couple different times, right? Where I think the yeah. kids in the schedule got told it was going to be Apex, then you guys were like, wait, Crucible's coming out. And then I heard Andy talking last night, I'm like, oof, these Steam reviews aren't good. <laughs> I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> and, like, and, I, and I think it was supposed to come out yesterday, but it didn't come out. Like, There's some weirdness going on with, with the release, and so if things don't go as planned, we're just going to play Apex, which, which is also going to be an amazing time, because I think both me and Andy absolutely love Apex. And so that's happening all today on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, so stay tuned for that. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Mom and Muhammad, Blackjack, oh, and Al Tribesman. Today we're brought to you by Brooklinen and ExpressVPN, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Rope Report. It's time for some news. We have four stories today. Starting with our number one. Take-Two plans to release 93 games in the next five years. This is from Rebecca Valentine at gamesindustry.biz. 
On today's, and this is yesterday, on today's Q4 and fiscal 2020 financial results call with investors, Take-Two President Carl Sladoff said that it expected to release a total of 93 new, new titles in the next five years across both internal labels and outside development studio partners. Breaking it down, Sladoff said that 63 of these titles would be core experiences, including 15 platform extensions of existing titles, 17 would be mid-core titles, and 13 would be considered casual games. Additionally, 47 would come from existing franchises, and 46 would be new IP. 72 are, plan- 72 are planned for, for some combination of console, PC, and streaming, with seven of these also available on mobile, and 21 would be spe- specifically for mobile. 67, 67 of these titles would be paid games, while 26 would be free-to-play. Also, as I'm reading this, I re- <laughs> I'm realizing this sounds like a Dr. Seuss Book, it sounds like a like, fucking it sounds like this weird like if you were taking the sat you know what i mean yeah. of like if this train leaves here and this train leaves here and they're both traveling at this what is that it's like a guess yeah. who of like what these fucking games are it's like okay so now how many console games going to be free to play is like the thing i'm trying to solve here mm-hmm. uh Slatoff couched this by saying it was possible that this projection was reflective of its current pipeline and that it was po- that, that it was possible that some games would be delayed or canceled while new games could also be added in the coming months and years Later in the call, Sladoff clarified that these would be full game releases, and these numbers do not account for add-on or DLC content. Additionally, it was noted that the classification of, quote, core experience did not did not necessarily translate to AAA titles, as AAA games imply some of the some of the largest investments of uh, or some of the largest investments the company makes. However, he added that core games are are titles that are, quote, engaging experiences where you can play anywhere from five minutes to five hours at a time, end quote. Let me say that again. Core games are titles that are engaging experiences where you can play any anywhere from five minutes to five hours at a time. Which that's exactly how please, I describe core experiences. That's exactly a core me, experience to me. To me, that's how I describe video games uh, in general. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to continue, in its financial results posted earlier today, uh, Take Two I. Take-Two identified that fiscal 2021 would be a light year for releases largely reliant on the company's back catalog. Take-Two is, however, the parent company to a number of publishing and development companies that likely have releases in the pipeline, including major publishing labels like Rockstar Games and 2K Games, a newer independent-focused label, Private Division, and mobile developer Social Point. Greg. Yeah. 93 sounds like a large number of games to come out over the next five years. Does I mean, not... It, it- it does, but don't forget the Embracer group from yesterday or whatever, right? With their 69 unannounced games and 100 yeah. whatever the hell else games they had. There are 118 games in development. So, I mean, by that standard, Embracer group is outpacing to take two, which is very sad when you think about it. It's a much bigger take two. I mean, it's, it's definitely like a quality versus quantity kind of thing, too. Like Embracer group, they're they're definitely doing the shotgun approach of like buy everything, <laughs> release everything. Whereas take two seems to have more of a... Uh, a they have a more it, refined palette, only releasing yeah. 93 games rather than uh, Embracer Group's 118 games. Yeah, you're 100% right, Bus. You're 100% right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, yeah, how, this how do you is always this? that weird thing when you get on fiscal calls and you have to start talking about the business of games as a business to get into this and start trying to wrap your head around how they have 93 games playing for five years, which does sound ridiculous. But then you start bringing in partners. You start bringing in mobile games. You start bringing in the experiences that are smaller still outrageous when you think about it but for as big as a company take two is right you know and like look at like i guess they i maybe the skate underline but like for mafia definitive edition right do those three games even though they're you get them as one package or whatever count as three different things that are you know how, how are they equating out what they're doing here and how this all shakes out in terms of these numbers yeah 
yeah this all this all seems interesting I, there there are a few points in this article that i think are especially interesting like they point out 2021 as a light year yeah. uh, for releases which i guess tells us that that's going to be probably a standard like the standard year after launch I, we, we talked about this actually on Gamescast where we look at years like 2014 um, and I think the I think 2006 which was like also a year after after a console launch or I, I guess that no, was yeah, a console 2000, launch year. 2006 would have been the year at well, the, I came out here in 2007 so 2006 was the year of PlayStation 3 2005 was the year of Xbox yes I got that right yeah, that, yeah, yeah I got that right that's about right yeah but like you look at the year after launch and, and I feel like they they tend to be light years um, overall. But yeah, for t- Take Two to say that, I feel like that then means that we're probably going to get like our 2K sports games and probably not much else that's substantial after that. Like you're not going to see a GTA next year is what I'm yeah. reading from that. Yeah. It, that Well, yeah, I'm always hesitant to say that. You never know what the fuck they're going to do, right? Uh, but yeah, I wonder how much of next year is going to be a light year is based on, sure, of course, the usual wind down from, hey, it's the new console generation. We want to start making stuff for that where everybody's getting their sea legs and figuring it out, but also how much of it is the COVID stuff, right? You know, Phil Spencer's been public about oh, yeah. that. There wouldn't be a delay in hardware, but games are going to see a delay. You'll see slower games in 2021. I wonder if that's part of what they're seeing here, especially with this many titles at play, right? I figure even if, you know, 10% of them had some kind of delay setback change in their schedule based on uh, working from home, COVID, whatever, mocap studio, stuff like that. That is a ripple effect that you feel pretty quickly. So with their with their quote that I referenced earlier, where, where they're talking the engaging about, experience where you can play anywhere from five minutes to five hours. Yeah, because that's how they describe core games. What do you think that what 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 then would you say is not a core game for them if if, if that's how they well, what was how the they one, describe it? I'm, I'm scrolling back through. What was it with the breakdown they had and the differences? Because they had the core experience obviously, but then they had another one in there. Uh, they talked like core versus casual, essentially, right? They yeah. said. Uh, wasn't there uh, a mid? Though? Am, I, am I making uh, mid core titles? That's what yeah, I love. Seventeen mid core yeah. titles. <laughs> so yeah, 60, 63 core core experiences, um, and then yeah, seventeen mid core, and then thirteen casual. So thirteen casual have to be mobile games, right? Yeah, you would imagine. Yeah, I, mean, I think like, that's just the easiest way to lop it off and toss it in there. Probably knowing Take Two and how wide their catalog is, you're, you're looking at some party game whatever for uh switch maybe a party game for you know the consoles as well or whatever some toss that in there mm-hmm. like that it's more this mid-core title that i think gets interesting 17 would be mid-core titles and i do wonder and this isn't into insult sports fans at all i wonder if that's where the 2k you know uh, sports titles go right of nba of wrestling because 17 is a smaller number but still a large number and now granted i understand 100 percent that uh, core games are titles that are engaging experiences where you can play anywhere from five minutes to five hours at a time. So that's how he's describing core, but mid core could be that as well. And the fact that maybe mid core is the kind of game that uh, only a genre fan is buying. I only, I, you know, I own a PlayStation Four and Xbox One. I only pick up NBA every year. I don't really buy other stuff for it. Whereas their yeah, core games would be their mafias, their GTA stuff like that, right? The Bioshock. Yeah. I mean that's an, that's a very interesting uh, interesting take that I, I could see very much being accurate to how, how they're talking about it. At, as I read it, I I definitely looped in the sports games with core games because I feel like when you look at numbers, in the ways that that um, Take Two was talk was talking about this during a finan- like a financial results call, I feel like you would want to loop in games like NBA Two K with the core titles because I, I imagine the returns that you're seeing on 2k are similar to the returns that you're seeing on your bigger bigger titles with exception of like gta or red dead redemption which are going to be like those 
standout paddles in terms of in sales and what they mean for the industry. Interesting little wrinkle here. PC Games N reported on this as well. I'm looking. It's uh, Carrie Talbot. Uh, Carrie here set, has a little bit expanded on that, right? Um, hefty core game. 63 are described as core gaming experiences, of which 15 will be platform extensions of existing titles from its catalog. The remaining number is accounted by 17, and then it's a direct quote, mid-core or arcade-style experiences. So there, it's mid-core or arcade-style, which, again, I think speaks to what okay. I'm talking about, where I would put yeah. mid-core being a, a sports game not everybody picks up, and then an arcade experience being like um, uh, WWE, the one they have from Saber, WWE, yeah, 2K Battlegrounds. And then aren't they, aren't they doing some kind of not NBA Playgrounds, but Playgrounds thing? Isn't there some kind of arcade NBA game or no? Did I make that up? Uh, well, I mean, the, the arcade NBA game is NBA Playgrounds, but I don't, I don't okay. think they're doing any other one outside of that, as far Got as it. I know, unless there's like a mobile thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you figure that's where that fits in, right? Of trying to uh, get that audience that isn't us, isn't the people who are listening to this podcast or in this, in this instance making the podcast, but <laughs> aren't out there buying everything, chasing everything, waiting with bated breath for what, you know, Hangar 13 is doing next or what's going on with the next Bioshock. Yeah, and I'm I've, I as we've been talking about, I've been looking through like the different Wikipedia pages for the yeah. different uh, companies that Take Two owns, and I'm looking at games like Kerbal Space Program Two, which I would probably mm -hmm. assume that they they might look at as like a mid core title, right? It being more of an of an indie game, um, but know. you wouldn't really core call games that. Are titles that are engaging experiences where you can play anywhere from five minutes to five hours at a time. That that's Kerbal. Kerbal goes on forever. Yeah, but I feel like that's everything. Like I, uh, we know you're 100%. It's a terrible definition. <laughs> it's a terrible yeah. definition of what a core game uh, title is. But yeah, I look at stuff that uh, I look at the stuff that Private Division is doing, and like, granted, I guess Kerbal is actually the only one that I'm looking at out of their catalog that I would that I would even think of as mid core because I'm looking at The Outer Worlds, which I which I think you would describe as core. Yeah, Disintegration, which I would imagine you describe as as, as core. Ancestors: The Humankind Odyssey, which I don't even know what you would put that in uh either core or mid core right that's definitely not casual that's, and then the original mm, curve yeah, yeah. which I, I yeah i i i could i could see the argument that yeah like mid core would be the would be the sports titles and more of like the arcadey games and then yeah everything else that you would consider as a gamer like a hardcore game you would say slides and in, slides into that category it, it's just an interesting way for me to it's an interesting way to categorize it on a financial call which is the which is the thing that i i kind of take away from it but i could Again, you're trying to break it. it down for people who are just investors, right? You're trying to go yeah. through and like break it down to people who have put their money into it and don't necessarily think about games the same way we think about games, which is always that uh, language problem, I think, and trying to understand what one side wants and one side doesn't. You're right about, I think, there being no GTA, because usually when there is a GTA coming, they'll say there's going to be a GTA coming so they can get yeah. everybody excited and pump the st stock price. And I think at the very least, you wouldn't say that it's a, a light year if you know that a GTA is coming next year or like something yeah, that is like that type of game coming next year yeah. um the nanobiologist writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says hi blessing greg are we approaching a time when keeping up with the latest and greatest games from major publishers will be impossible mm -hmm. take two interactive announced it'll release 93 games over the next five years this along with the recent news that saber interactive ha have 118 games in development just ha just has me uh, more worried of course, nowadays, 99.9% .9 of us don't even try to play everything, but could, it be, could we be reaching a critical mass to where we can't, we can't even play, play the games we want to play because there are too many of them competing? Could this be the ballooning that will pop the video game bubble when projects can't, can't make their money back because there are too many good games out there vying for our money and time? Thanks, the nanobiologist. 
What a fascinating question, Nano, as always. I would argue that this you may think this is the first sign of it. We're way past this. We're way yeah. past being able to play the latest and greatest every time. Like I remember, and I know I'm I sound like a broken record a lot of these shows, but when I started at IGN, man, like 2007, like it was literally possible to play everything that mattered. That like you know, and I, and I, when I say that mattered, I'm being general because I don't want to be facetious or uh, overgeneralized. But it was the thing of I remember Brudvig being like, "Oh, this is great on Xbox." And I was like, oh, "I'll play it tonight." You play it, go home, play it tonight, come back the next day, and you would have played it. You know, every PlayStation release we were able to play. I mean, granted, and this is because, of course, like two games were coming to the PSN every week. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was fucking uh, Super Rub a Dub and Championship Sprint, and we're like, "I got nothing else to fucking play. Why not jump in there and do that?" Yeah, I remember even- that those days and how it's totally changed. Hold on, they're starting to leaf blow out here. I'm changing this. Now. Oh no! Uh, but yeah, to what you're saying, like oh. even for us, we both host uh, PSW XOXO, and we do the segment 104 games ranked, and we read the drop every week. And even just if we if we were to just focus on on PlayStation, we still wouldn't be able to play every game coming to PlayStation because that's just how many games are coming out nowadays. Yeah, and that's upsetting. I think personally, you know what I mean. Like I, I don't. I want to say like it's awesome. I love it. I love where games are at. I think one of the reasons the games industry is so healthy and makes so much money and provides so many careers for people is the fact that it's so easy to make a video game, just like it's easy to make a podcast during a pandemic. Um, that it's so easy to make a game and get it out there. But I do think that that's where we run into it. And this is driving back around to, I think, you know, the question here, could this be ballooning and pop the video game bubble when projects can't make their money back because there's too many good games out there vying for money and time, says Nano. That's already the problem with being an indie. Like, yeah. You know, I think we bang the drum a lot for indie devs. We, of course, do the Kind of Funny Game Showcase. Right now we're doing the Gorilla Collective, obviously, coming up here. That's indie and a whole bunch of other stuff. But it's because those are the ones that are in the biggest struggle. And it's always interesting because indie games have a smaller budget, which means it's easier to recoup their money so they don't have to sell as much. But even saying that, like, talking to as many indie developers as I've been able to talk to, I would say, in the past three years as we've really, you know, used our platform to support that, even saying, oh, you don't have to sell as much, you still have to sell so much. And it's still why you see people snapping up Epic Game Store deals, snapping up Xbox Game Pass deals. It's that thing of, it is such a fucking risk of, yep, you, you, there's a chance. There's a chance you could be Cuphead. There's a chance you could be the success story for indie games. But there's a greater chance to be one of the dozens and dozens and dozens of other games that come out every fucking week that don't make a dime yeah. back. And then what do you do? You know what I mean? Like, I would like to think most of us have played game dev story and that even while totally comical and, you know, goofy in a mobile game for the most part, because you can get it elsewhere. Uh, it is the idea that, right? Like you are making a game to fund your next game. And so even when it's like, oh man, we, you know, we made 20% more than we put in. That's great. That doesn't carry you through the next calendar year, right? Of keeping a staff employed. It's not like you're making your game and retiring on that money unless you were going to make one game and never make another, but that's never, not ne- never, but rarely the case, right? Yeah, like to the nanobiologist question here, right? Could this be the ballooning that will pop the video game bubble when projects projects can't make their money back because uh, there are too many good games that they're vying for our money and time? I'm surprised we haven't like already hit the point where like everything's kind of not necessarily everything's toppled, but like you know, there's there's a huge scaling back as far as like the amount of games that are coming out because I have no like I'm legit shocked when I see like certain games come uh, come to come out on certain platforms because I'm like, dude, how are y'all making money? Like. Telling telling lies coming to PlayStation is exciting. Not plenty of people are going to play telling lies on PlayStation, but at the same time, like telling lies for how great of a game telling lies is, is not going to get the amount of people that should be playing that game 
yeah on playstation because there's just so many other games coming out like hunt down is the game i've been talking about all week because hunt down is an incredible game hunt down is not going to get cuphead numbers right and and like i don't want to compare the two games because like i would say cuphead is a better game than, than hunt down but sure. that said like hunt down is still an incredible an incredibly made game that yeah. if it came out in let's say 2010 i think would have gotten some sort of mainstream success I guess within the within the game sphere, like maybe yeah. not have broken out to like TV or whatever, but like, but it would have had I, a chance at actually getting attention, getting eyes on, it, getting people to play, right? Like, yeah, you're and talking about of like a Geometry yeah. Wars or even a Rezo Gun or something like where you have these games that do break out, but as the market gets more and more crowded, it's easier and easier to see this stuff get lost. Yeah, and I I, I think we're in an interesting place right now because you know talking about if, if we're talking about it on the market side of things as opposed to like just us as a players uh, side of things. Yeah. Right now, we're at a place where there are a lot of opportunities and resources as far as like if you're an indie developer and you're trying to to put a game out. Like there's Xbox Game Pass, you know, and we've had uh, Outer Wilds and Void Bastards and Street to Rage 4 and um, just like a lot of different indie games that might not have gotten the light of day or got gotten the time of day from like, from many different players getting that time of day because they're available on a service that is supporting them and also paying for, for them to be on that platform. Yeah. Uh, thoughts like uh, justifying, just uh, justifying their existence. Right. Uh, you have that, you have Epic game store, which is doing the thing where they're giving developers a higher cut, but then also like, you know, also paying for developers to come out exclusively on that store. Thus like leading to them uh, justifying their own, ex- their, their own existence as games, right? Like being able to pay yeah. for, pay for their own development like you have cases like that that are you have cases like that that are changing the ways in which indie developers can come out and thrive in a way that i'm curious to see in the future like how sustainable is this or is this just a thing that's happening in the time being and that's the thing when you bring up the epic game store you bring up xbox game pass on top of hey we're gonna pay you so you at least make some money or you earn back your budget or whatever the deal may be it's also the fact of hey we're gonna market this and we're gonna get behind this we're gonna you know champion your game and put it into trailers and put it on the front page and do these do these parts of deals that the game that doesn't do that and just releases on every platform does the shotgun scattergun approach but you know when we talk about uh, you know 104 games PSN ranked, right? It's this idea of we. Pl- I play those games the same way I play a lot of the other games I get in my inbox or whatever. Where oh, this is a cool idea. I jump in, I play it for a while, and if it doesn't click, I bounce. And it's not because I want to fucking go run errands or I want to go work out or some shit. It's because okay, this isn't connecting with me, and I have an endless supply of games over here. And I don't even mean me as Greg, the guy who reviews games and gets a bunch of game codes. I mean, as a consumer, there's this endless sea of games that I've heard good things about and I haven't played. And I think that is what's so ridiculous and what's so interesting about right now in this weird time where we came off the spring releases and then, you know, Last of Us got delayed and we're in this weird wait for next gen and Ghost of Tsushima now. And we're in the, you know, the, the hangover period with Animal Crossing where this is the first time in a while I feel there's been this concerted effort from a lot of people of like, well... I'm home. I'm going to tackle my backlog. I'm going to go do things I haven't done, right? Which is great. But even then, it's showing through how we all pick our games and what we go play. Where it's like, I'm running to Assassin's Creed Odyssey and playing something, you know, that's like a comfort food for me that I, I know intricately and I know what I, uh, how it is, but I want to see the rest of that content. And it's like, I turned on my Switch the other day uh, to do Mario Party. And I looked over and I was like, all right, I still have Return of the Obra Dinn on here. Like I, after I did oh, yeah. Telling Lies, everybody was like, oh, it's on. you would love Return of the Oberdin for the same reasons. You should play it on Switch now, yada, yada. And I haven't done that. Like 
the backlog is so vast that when we talk about a smaller game and indie game, when we talk about the latest and greatest, you jump into these things, you try them real quick. And if they don't, it's not even anymore if they don't live up to what's happening that week or that month. It's if they don't live up to what's the return of the Oberdin, which was like up for game of the year awards, right? Like it's that kind of thing where it's like, well, I, there's so many things outside of your family, your uh, books, comic books, movies that are pulling for your attention that the idea here of like, yeah, n- n- of course, nowadays, 99% of us can't, don't, don't even try to play everything. I think that's been that way for so long now. And I think yeah. it, it happened quietly and because it is that thing of, you know, the fun thing about doing podcasts and uh, you, the viewer or listener, listening to different podcasts is you get to experience so much stuff secondhand that you get to have a feel for it. And that's obviously why I love like doing Gamescast or, you know, PS, I love you with you, Bus, where you'll come in and talk about something I'm not playing. It's the same way I'm sure for people who pair us with Giant Bomb or IGN or whoever, insert your favorite, okay, Beast. They put, you know, you put your favorite podcast next to us here and you start hearing what these different voices are all playing. And then you get these weird convergences where it's like, cool, everyone's talking about Last of Us. Everyone's talking about Animal Crossing. Everyone's going to be talking about these very specific tentpole things, but when you do that and that happens and that's awesome and the god it's been it was so cool at launch it's so cool now but at launch of animal crossing when that's all it was we were all having the shared experience you still have to sit there and think about again the dozens of games that are completely overshadowed and then even to go the opposite direction of it when i do find an indie or i do find something smaller that isn't on the map and i go and champion that it is a fucking razor's edge between man greg's really introducing me to cool games and man greg needs to shut up about this game Right. Like how many times have we seen that of like, you know, you talk about a game twice in a week and it's like, oh, my God, this thing again. It's like, yeah, yeah but I'm trying to tell you it's but I understand. But it's like if I just say it once, I don't hit everybody. And it's this, but it's actually what it's such a clusterfuck of trying to talk about games in a way that moves the spotlight around, actually helps dictate what is the latest and greatest, but then also doesn't overshine things that should be shining. Yeah. And it makes doing this job very interesting because like, you know, there. There's the question of, uh, or there's the, there's the comment of, you know, 99.9% of us don't even try to play anything. I don't even think it's a trying thing. I just think I just think it's impossible for us to play yeah. any yeah, like yeah. everything. It's impossible for us to even play everything that like everything that that is noteworthy. Like you know, me playing me me trying out Outer Wilds. You know, I tried that I tried that game out. You know, a couple times trying to get into it, and I couldn't get into it within like probably like the the cumulative three to four hours that i put into yeah. it and i just had to bounce right i couldn't push yeah. through it because there's another game you know that i that i would probably get into uh quicker and, you know that i could that i could i could talk about and, and play and actually fall in love with um the amount of the amount of indie games that are coming out especially like nowadays it's i don't know it's interesting right i i'm, I'm curious i'm curious to see like is there is there a moment where things pop is there a moment where like you know indie games kind of have a dip in terms of how many of them come out because like again i'm still shocked to see how many games come out on a weekly basis that yeah. come out and try and you know for most of these games i don't know how they're doing i don't know if these games are, are making their return on investment i don't know if like the worth is there um uh, it's just a it's just a very interesting thing to me yeah and i think it's honestly sad right because it's not again i love that the, the games industry is thriving and in succeeding the way it is but it was hard for me to let that go of when it was, you know, doing early beyond, not even late beyond, early beyond. I'm talking PS3, you know, Roper Dunham beyond. Like, 
it was hard to not be up on everything, not have touched everything, not have put five hours into everything because it's just impossible anymore, right? Where, I mean, back in the day when everything had to be boxed and put on the shelf, like that limited like how many games you were going to get. And it meant that it was possible to play everything that mattered. I didn't play like, you know, the SpongeBob stuff because there wasn't trophies back then. But it was like you had this idea, you had this way to be on top of everything. And now that you can't, it's both rewarding, but it is also this thing of, you know, okay, cool. What separates me from just being a video game fan? And obviously, hopefully it's the years of experience and, you know, critiquing and doing all these different things. But there's plenty of times I catch myself where, you know, and where I'm just like dismissing something or I didn't play enough of it or whatever. And it's just like, well, I'm not really giving valuable feedback here. I'm just giving the feedback I can. Now, granted, I think that works in a segment like 104 PSN games ranked where the whole thing is, it is a taste test. How much have you gotten into? What do you know about it? Uh, Mm. But it's a weird back and forth push and pull. And again, like, it's a struggle for me internally and with kind of funny, I think of like, how do we help champion games that you don't necessarily want to hear about? Right. Like, you know, there's always the thing, you know, I love uh, for a number of reasons when people want to cry clickbait on a headline or a, a image. Right. There's one recently I forget. Oh, it was PS. I love you. Right. It was like PlayStation four or five already failing. And like the first comment was like clickbait. And somebody was like, it's the first story they talk about. And they talk about <laughs> it for 45 minutes. Like that's not clickbait, but it's also the thing of, the thumbnails, right, have to be billboards for the shows. And so if we just put it up with the discussion we're having or whatever we're having and don't have uh, an image that we know is popular to it, right, that show performs less. That that show doesn't perform as well. And so there, this is like the the game of, you know, trying to move it all around and give you give yeah. the audience the vegetables while also giving them ice cream, right? Where it's like, yeah, I want like, to talk gonna... about whatever big AAA game you want to talk about, but I also want to talk about Moonlighter. And I also want to tell you about this thing. And I also want to say this. Yeah, like there's a reason that there's a reason that Hunt Down isn't uh, the the thumbnail for PS Love You XOXO, right? Like yeah. there's a reason why that's not that's not taking up the first 40 minutes of the episode. Uh, <laughs> but like the fact that we're able to talk about, let's say, Ghost of Tsushima or PlayStation Studios at the beginning of an episode and then towards towards the middle of it, you know, champion games that we are enjoying, right? Get to talk yeah. about Streets of Rage 4 or Telling Lies uh, or Hunt Down. You know, I think I mean, I, I think that's what makes it worth it. And that's what makes makes what we do like a thing worth doing is because we're able, we're able to kind of come down to that uh, each and every episode uh, and kind of bring it back around to like being able to talk about the, the games that we love. Yeah. Um, back to the to, to the market conversation, though, like, you know, as we as we've been talking, about, I've been trying to like think back to the indie games that I've played over the last couple of years and whether or not they've been circumstantial in some cases, like, you know, like. Outer Wilds and Void Bastards, I tried both of those out because they're on Game Pass. Sure. Uh, Dead Cells came out kind of early for the Switch. Well, that, was, yeah. that came out like the second year of the Switch, right? When the Switch was still having that that moment for indie games. Um, same with Golf. Yeah, Story. I would say during its like indie influx, right? Where that really was. Yeah. Like, this, this machine is meant for this. Yeah. Golf Story, Celeste, uh, yeah. I, I think also kind of fit in that category. Is it and like when when I also think of like other indie games that are popping, I think I I, I connect John Wick Hex, for example, to Epic Game Store uh, sure. and, and things like that. As an indie, and this is like my last question for this topic, like as an indie developer and as somebody who's putting out an indie game, is it like possible even to like come out and be a breakout success without that type of connection? Because like Cuphead is another one that came out exclusively for Xbox, right, and had that had Xbox championing it all the way through. Yeah. It's a good question, and obviously there's going to be examples you can throw out that have. Sure. I, I think, you know, Cuphead's a very interesting case, because, and I'm not even trying to do like, uh, but like when I was doing Up at Noon, early, 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 someone sent me a YouTube video of Cuphead at a, at a convention, and like, I mean like, you know, whatever, they're, they're from 
Canada, wherever in Canada, some small mm-hmm. convention there. And I remember hitting them up and being like, dude, this game looks insane. Do you want to come talk about it on IGN and up at noon? And they'd be like, yes, we live in the middle of nowhere, Canada. And I was like, and this is like, I was like, oh, we don't have a budget to fly people. So one day when you're NSF, let me know. And then years later, they were on the Xbox stage and got, you know, this giant thing. I was like, oh shit, it's a fucking thing. I believe that even if, if it was able to turn my head that way, I think Cuphead could have still been Cuphead the way we know it without the Xbox deal. But mm-hmm. I think that is that is such a different ball of wax, right? Because you're right that it how would Xbox would have chosen to champion something else and not give it the same placement on the store, right? So you'd lose that thing, but you'd have every all the sites still talking about it, and you so it, it just looked so different, right? That's the problem, and I think it's what we talk about a lot. Um, when we were just talking about uh, 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 the not the most recent, not the third-party Xbox thing, but the last time Xbox did XO twenty inside Xbox inside or XO nineteen. Oh, when they announced some games, we were all like, "It's that thing where Xbox games have a look to them," and like we were struggling oh, yeah. how to really say that right. Are they all kind of like grounded? They don't have that like Fortnite. There's a look to an Xbox game right now, at least in what we just yeah. saw. What Tim Tim calls Breath of the Mild, right? I feel, and that's great. Well, I feel indie games struggle from that too, right? Where it is that if your indie game doesn't look dramatically different from another indie game, it's so hard to put them in your head and not and have them separate and not be able to pick For up sure. Wait, which one's that and what's that and yada yada yada. And so that's where having people champion, having it get in front of you, and having it be free, and having Epic's Game Store give you you know this thing, or having PlayStation Plus, or having you know Game Pass, especially Game Pass, because Game Pass is literally perfect for what we were talking about earlier in this thing right of like there's this sea of games so i play this one for 10 20 minutes an hour and if it doesn't click for me guess what bam i'm out to the next thing what can i go and you can run through until you find that thing it's netflix yeah exactly story number two valorant has a release date greg you added this one to the doc i don't know if there is a source for it it's the or press it's release like, from right the press release yeah uh, it reads, Riot Games today announced their highly anticipated character-based tactical shooter video game, Valorant, will launch for free on June 2nd, 2020, across the ma- majority of regions worldwide. In the days leading up to June 2nd, the game's, massively po- the game's massively popular closed beta will come to an end on May 28th, enabling the team at Riot to reset player accounts, patch new content, and prepare for the beginning of Valorant's worldwide launch. Once officially live, fans of the competitive 5- 5v5 tactical shooter will start fresh, progressing from the same starting line as they compete with players a- around the world. Reinforcing its level of commitment to players, the Valorant team will deliver new game content, game modes, uh, new new agents, and new maps shortly after launch. To meet rising player demand, Riot has also prioritized additional new game server deployments on their short-term roadmap in order to lower latency for, va- for Valorant players. These new server locations include Atlanta, Dallas, London, Madrid, and Warsaw. So there you go. Exciting stuff, uh, Greg. Will you ever play Valorant? No, ever? I'm not play Valorant. I mean, like, I'm sure. I mean, like, it's 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 literally what we were just talking about in terms of competition. Where I'm sure Valorant's awesome, and I'm sure if I wanted to sit down and on my PC and play it and do all this stuff, I could get into it and have a thing. But it's just like I look at it and I'm like, okay, this team based thing, that's not my style. I'd much rather go play Predator and me and Nick act like assholes. <laughs> I, I I I entirely missed the closed beta. I'm really excited to try it out. Like June second oh, really? was actually. Yeah, like you're, like you're that excited if you missed the beta, you know what I'm saying? I just didn't want to. I didn't want to try. I didn't want to jump into the Oh, sick burn, you know? Greg! Oh, Thank you, Kevin. We got him cross examination. Got, got him. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll play it when I play it. But yeah, like uh, Valorant is a game that's looked interesting to me. Granted, the the impressions that I got coming out of the, the beta from other people 
seem to kind of dampen my excitement for it. Like, it seems like it's really cool, but at the same time, it doesn't seem to be like an Overwatch killer or like an Apex killer or anything like that. Like, it just seems to be another game to kind of stand in that like Counter Strike, I guess Overwatch also like that sphere of games. Sure. Um. So I'm I'm excited to try it out and see if it's for me. We'll find out soon enough. We'll find out soon enough. Story number three. Could we see the return of that Scott Pilgrim game? This comes from Jordan Alleman at IGN. Uh, Ubisoft is potentially teasing the return of the infamous delisted Ubisoft Montreal Scott Pilgrim game that launched back in 2010. Last night, the Academy held a rewatch of Edgar Wright's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World adaptation. Uh, Scott Pilgrim creator Brian Lee O'Malley tuned in for the watch along. O'Malley tweeted during the movie that Ubisoft should, quote, bring back the Scott Pilgrim game, end quote, after the Xbox Live Arcade slash PSN network title uh, was delisted from both stores on December 30th, 2014. At the time, it wasn't clear why the game was taken down, but it was most likely due to licensing issues. Uh, the, the original tweet from Brian O'Malley, again, was uh, he tweeted, bring back the Scott Pilgrim game, hashtag bring back Scott Pilgrim game, hashtag watch with the, the Academy. And then Ubisoft replies to it with just like the, the thinking face emoji, uh, which I think I think is interesting. Greg, do you think this is an actual tease or is this just Ubisoft Twitter? No, I was Googling around and it's so hard because it's just not there. But I and I kind of funny dot com slash you're wrong. Feel free to chime in on this one. Ubisoft's Twitter has been saucy before, right? Like their 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 social media ma- ma- manager is out there having fun. Usually, I think like not you know dunking and yelling at people, but like I've I've seen funny responses from them. being cheeky. It's the idea that like I don't think this is a tease. I just think it's the social media ma- manager being like, yeah, sure, all right, cool. Like that's an interesting idea. I'll do this thing. But the fact that like it, it would be a tease. I think if like Brian uh, Leo Malley had tweeted like at period at Ubisoft, bring back the game. You know what I mean? Was like calling them out and they were responding to him. That would be more of an orchestrated thing. Whereas this, I just think it's Ubisoft being like, mm, okay, no, I see yeah. what you're saying. And uh, God, and that game is beloved. If they could bring it back. That'd be huge. Yeah, if they could bring it back, I think that'd be a that'd be a pretty big thing from the sense of like if you if you partner again with uh the Scott Pilgrim people, right? Like having my thing is having Brian Lee O'Malley tweet this and then yeah, Ubisoft responding to it kind of kind of doesn't point as at a tease to me because like I feel like if you're gonna respond to anybody tweeting about the Scott Pilgrim game, Brian Lee O'Malley is gonna be the the one. Like yeah. you you wouldn't necessarily want to respond to randos if you're gonna like um stir that kind of stuff up but brian lee o'malley being the creator of scott pilgrim is is worth responding to um but yeah like i think them bringing it back would be cool like I'd be, i think that'd be a, a pretty big thing that a lot of people would be happy about um, yeah they always it always yeah. came down to licensing right that was always the rumor i think i don't know if it was ever confirmed confirmed yeah, kind of yeah licensing is overall. licensing was definitely like the the belief but yeah kind of funny.com is actually wrong if you have any more info on uh if, if you have a scoop you are ubisoft <laughs> ubisoft tweeted <laughs> right now and let us know but yeah, that was a lot people fucking loved. Our last story, story number four. Id Software is removing anti. This is from Julia Lee at Polygon. Doom Eternal developer Id Software will remove the game's PC anti cheat program, Denuvo, in its next patch. The anti cheat technology was added with Doom Eternal's first update on May 14th, less than a week ago, to an overwhelmingly negative response from players. The game ended up getting review bombed on Steam after the patch dropped. Quote, despite our best intentions, feedback from players has made it clear that we must reevaluate our approach to anti-cheat integration. And this is from executive producer Marty Stratton uh, as he was talking about this on the subreddit. He continues, 
With that, we'll be we'll be removing the anti-cheat technology from the game in our next PC update. As we examine any future anti-cheat in Doom Eternal, at a minimum, we must consider giving campaign campaign-only players the ability to play without anti-cheat software installed, as well as ensure the overall timing of any anti-cheat integration better aligns with player player expectations around clear clear initiatives like ranked or competitive player where where we demand or where demand for anti-cheat is far greater end quote stratton noted that any performance issues that players may have noticed in the last update were not caused by de novo and are separate issues that will be fixed with the next pc update he said the performance problems players have seen on pc are quote based on based on a code change around vram allocation end quote Similarly to Valorant's anti-cheat, Doom Eternals was required to run on startup and has, has a deep level of access to information on the PC. No time frame was given for the next PC update, but players on social media and Reddit are already celebrating the death of, Geno- of Denuvo, <laughs> at least in Doom Eternal. Uh, so there you go. That's a good good turnaround, especially the for this being like works, a, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like an issue that's been like a week old, right? It's nice to see them come out and be like, all right. We fucked up. We hear you. you. Know. We hear you. We hear you. <laughs> Especially for Doom, that is like a single player game. You imagine that people don't necessarily want that anti cheat software in there if they're going if they're going to just play the single player. Which yeah, is totally. Let me cheat. What do I care? You know what I mean? It's it's back to the never ending argument of stuff like that. Of once you own the game and it's single player and it's not ruining anybody else's experience. What, who, what do you care? If you buy an XP yeah. booster, you know you you, do, you get some other thing. It's up to you. Or if you're playing on easier, you're playing on hard, or you're turning this off, you're turning that on, like whatever. I understand, you know, you want to have an experience for a game, but once it's in people's hands, they're going to do whatever they want to do with it. Craig, I'm very excited to see when this new Doom update comes out that removes the anti-software because I care so much about Doom Eternal on PC. But mm-hmm. that is so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mama Grop Shops today, where would I look? You go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, uh, we have the Iron Man VR demo. It's coming out today on PS uh, PS4 for PSVR. Yeah. Uh, download, downloading the demo grants you the molten lava armor in the final game. And then this is from the PS blog today. Uh, they say, "Quote today, we're excited to announce that the PSVR uh, that the PSVR uh, Marvel's Iron Man VR bundle is launching alongside the PSVR exclusive game on July 3rd. Play as Tony Stark, suit up as the armored armored Avenger, and face off against some of Iron Man's greatest foes." We then have a question here oh. from Dan Rolls 22, uh, who wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Hey, kind of funny crew with today's announcement of an Iron Man VR PlayStation VR bundle. I have to ask uh, if this is the time to get PSVR. If you don't have it already, we can probably assume that there will be a, be a new edition of the headset at some point during the next generation. So should I just wait for the, for the better version or hop on the VR train now? I'm very excited for, for Iron Man to come out, but if I'm able to have a better experience on PS5, I might wait. Would love to know your thoughts. Thanks and stay safe. Dan Rolls, 22. Hmm. Great question. It's one we've gone back and forth on. My thing is that, yes, there will be a PlayStation VR. Well, let me, let me dial this back. Because my prediction, one of my saucy predictions was that we wouldn't ever see PlayStation VR 2, even though I do believe PlayStation's working on it. For the for the intents and purposes of this conversation, we are going to say there is going to be a PlayStation VR 2, okay? Yep. Even if there's going to be a PlayStation VR 2, that is not going to happen in 2020, and I doubt it's going to happen in 2021. Because I don't no. think it, you're not going to do it along. When they do the PlayStation no. 5 event, they're not going to be like PlayStation 5 and PlayStation VR 2. That's too much money to get you to go spend on launch day. In the same vein, 
when you've actually got steam building in 2021 for the playstation 5 i don't think you also say it's all these games and this because i i what i want you to do is as playstation look at the price of the playstation 5 look at the library of the playstation 5 in 2021 and go oh i need to get this they've already made a big deal about playstation vr being backwards compatible or playstation 5 being backwards compatible with playstation vr so i think they're going to ride that out until probably if they do it 2022 yeah so arguably i would say yes if you are into playstation vr do this uh, what's interesting i guess this doesn't help you since you don't have it the demo that they uh, have out right now is what i play so it's the malibu tutorial mission uh interactive stark stark jet uh starring uh tony friday and pepper Potts. uh out of the blue stark jet gameplay mission fight challenge optional mission advanced combat challenge optional mission that might actually be more than i played at my demo and for really? me like i said like that was the one I played. And I was like, holy shit, this is great. I haven't played the final thing. I, I uh, went on the store when I saw that today and downloaded it. So I'm going to do that tonight or whatever. But I loved it. And, I, and I'm not saying it's worth PlayStation VR on its own. I'm saying it and Blood and Truth and uh, Moss and Beat Saber and Astrobot, yeah. like uh, Firewall, which has a sale and a double XP going yeah. on right now. Trover I think there's a library to justify uh, Trover Saves the Universe, yes. Uh, and there's a library to justify buying it now. And I think there's enough time that if you get into PlayStation 5, I don't think you're going to be like, oh, fuck, I should have waited. Now, I could eat my words yeah. and maybe the PlayStation 5 event and here's PlayStation VR 2, but I sincerely doubt it. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I think I think go for it. I think get PSVR because like, if we do see PSVR 2, I think that's probably like two years away. Yeah. Um, but then also like with PS5 being backwards compatible with PSVR, then like that... You can, that that carries over, and I think that's that that makes the investment especially worth it because you can at least expect to get use out of this over the next couple of years, uh, and like bringing in the the great back catalog that's there already with all the games you mentioned. Yeah, I think that I definitely think it's worth getting PSVR. Agreed. Back to out today. Uh, Timely is out today on PC. What the golf is out today on Switch. Biped is out for Switch. Ember PC. Trailmakers for PS4. Pushy and Pulley in Blockland for a switch which i think i remember seeing in like a nintendo direct or something that sounds very yeah. familiar kevin could you possibly get like a trailer for pushy and pulley and blockland yeah man i'll get right on it thanks luke's are for switch real mist for uh, masterpiece edition for switch monster prom double xl for switch arrest of a stone buddha for switch steel rain for switch lost artifacts time machine for switch the persistence for ps4 xbox one switch and pc red wings aces of the sky for switch skelly and skelly celeste and stream and stramium immortally double pack for switch aqualunger for switch flexteria for ps4 and switch old gods rising for pc skura stars for pc kind of heroes the cutest rpg ever for pc monster train <laughs> for pc uh vetrex for steam five nights at freddy's help wanted for switch observation steam and then multiple bonuses can be earned this week in gta online including 1 million gta bucks for completing 10 daily objectives uh and a new twitch prime benefit of gta uh 200 200,000 gta bucks which all sound very up my alley and i might boot up gta online right after this uh kevin were you able to look up the that game are you still looking for it if you're still looking for it i can go with new dates pushing and pulley Blockland. I, I i found it sorry i'm just prepping the uh the other cameras to show oh, the old thing push me yeah and go ahead keep, me keep prepping i'm gonna do new dates satisfaction remember that song remember that yeah, song bless. new dates uh, uh, Bartlow, bless you, bless you, i don't <laughs> I have no Push idea what you're talking about. Is, it, what, is this from a movie? What is from? No, it's a song. It's a it's a song that played in like bars and things. 
I'll what, find it. I'll what find kind it. of bars? This is 1920s bars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, new dates. Bartlow's Dread Machine will, de- will debut on Steam Early Access this July with a full commercial launch on Xbox One and Windows in fall 2020. Armin Ibrisajic, uh, designer of multi-million selling Gold Simulator and his development studio Double Moose, have today unveiled first details of Just Die Already, a ridiculously gory and unpredictable physics-based sandbox game. Just Die Already will be releasing on PC this summer, uh, but players will have to wait too long before they can escape to the game's crazy world themselves. A demo version will be available on Steam shortly, with players able to wishlist now in order to be notified of the game's release and then lastly, Borderland 3's Takedown at the Guardian Breach drops June 4th, and the new DLC, Bounty of Blood, Fistful Redemption, drops June 25th. Uh, Kev, this do song we have... is a fucking banger, Bless. I just put it into random for you. I've never seen the music video. Well, I put First off, oh, yeah? I put it into the in company entire company Slack in the random channel with no context. Uh, but this Wait. song not only is a banger, and it's just, it's a very, it's a very graphic music video. <laughs> I did not expect it. It's Benny Benassia. Bena, Benassia? Oh. Benassia, Satisfaction. Yeah. Wait. It's a fucking is jam, it the, man. Wait, is the song Satisfaction? Yeah. That you're singing? I know that song. I just didn't. Well, then how did you not hear my perfect rendition of it as the computer voice? Yeah, redo it. Wait, sing it again. Push me and pull me until I I get it now. Blessings, you still want this or? Fucking crushed it. Oh, yeah. uh, Have you watched this video? It is graphic. No, yeah, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with the video. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I'm very familiar with the song. I just didn't gather that that was the song you were singing. That's hilarious. Uh, and yeah, this is this well, that was Pulley and Pushy that Kevin was showing, by the way. It, it in fact is not a game that I'm familiar with, but no. it still looks interesting nonetheless. Does it? It's like a cross of Bomberman and something much cheaper. You don't like Bomberman? No, I love Bomberman. That, that wasn't that was the, the, the other part was the cheaper part that's lessened it. Deals Plus, of the day. Just, this is just women in bikinis like using power tools. It's going to be brilliant. telling me this during the show, and I'm going to get distracted. Now I'm going to be watching watching this at the same time as I'm reading the ad. It's going to be all messy. Have Blessing is a very young man? <laughs> <laughs> like, go to the ad. Go to the ad. <laughs> uh, deals of the day for you. Uh, the Epic Mega Sale on Epic Games Store continues today with great discounts on major titles, a $10 coupon issued for each purchase. Uh, that's $14.99 and above. And Civilization VI is now free, starting uh, now through May 28th at 11 a.m. Eastern. I should also point out I think it's Nibel. Yeah, Nibel on Twitter was kind of talking about uh, talking about this a bit um, because there there were either leaks or rumors or reports or whatever talking about the the upcoming free games on Epic Game Store, and this one was right on the money. Um, Civilization VI was predicted as being free today on Epic Game Store, and there's also a couple other games uh, that he predicted. So go to at Nibel on Twitter or at Nibelian, I believe, on Twitter um if you want to see what the other predicted games were i think one of them might have been like a borderlands thing but i'm not positive as i'm talking about it off the top of the dome right now uh and then also for what sorry 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 to interrupt just uh, without any context i also put it into the family slack channel here with uh lucy and jen perfect (laughs) benny benassi oh no jen says oh yeah we heard you so i guess i'm louder than i thought i was on here doing the show (laughs) uh also for deals of the day uh, we have an xbox game pass console update alan wake and city skylines are skylines are both out today on xbox game pass and then minecraft dungeons is coming on may 26th now it's time for reader mail you can write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by brooke linen Bringing comfort into your home is the ultimate form of self-care. And now more than ever, it's important to take care of yourself. 
and each other. You spend one third of your life in sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? So put comfort first, like with new bedding, loungewear, towels, and more. Kind of funny loves Brooklinen. Tim says it keeps him comfortable and he's able to get the right colors that match with his room. Brooklinen products help you find the comfort in the little things, morning routines, extra soft sheets, uh, plush towels, comfortable loungewear, etc. It's hard to, it's hard to imagine a summer stuck inside the house, but if you have to have to do it to keep everyone safe, I want it to be as insanely comfortable as possible. That's where Brooklinen comes in. Uh, Brooklinen's Memorial Day event is going on now and you don't want to miss out on all the big savings including the newest Hamlin and Linen collections. But you can, if you can't wait, get 10% off your first order and free shipping with the promo code GAMES only at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. We're also brought to you by ExpressVPN. Being stuck at home these days, you probably don't think much about internet privacy on your own home network. Fire up incognito mode on your browser and no one can see what you're doing, right? Wrong. Even in incognito mode, your online activity can still be traced. Even if you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. Think about that. That's oh why God. even when you're at home, my God, Didn't that's why that even I've when you're at home, to Benny Benassi satisfaction. <laughs> oh no. Now they can see that I'm watching the blurred lines video. That's why <laughs> even when you're at home, you should never go online without using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN makes sure your internet service provider can, uh, can't see what sites you visit. Instead, your internet connection is rerouted through ExpressVPN's secure servers. Each ExpressVPN server has an IP address that's shared among thousands of users. Uh, that means everything you do is anonymized and can't be traced back to you. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data with best-in-class encryption, so your information is always protected. Use the, inf- use the internet with confidence from your computer, tablet, or smartphone. ExpressVPN has you covered on every device. Simply tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is is the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market. It's rated number one by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless more. So protect your online activity today with the VPN that you should trust to secure your your privacy. Visit our special link at expressvpn.com slash games, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash games. expressvpn.com slash games to learn more greg hey buddy sub zero 23 writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says what's up kfg crew with ea play coming up on june 11th it got me thinking what if ea's unannounced sports game is a new fight night game fans have been craving a new one since fight night champions almost 10 years ago one of my favorite God, memories was <laughs> really yeah no that that sounds insane but i think it lines up um one of my one of my favorite memories was playing Finite Round Three at Walmart, showing off the Xbox 360 graphics. And I feel like I feel with the excitement of the new consoles, it might be a good time to bring it back. Love what you guys are doing. Keep up the good work. Uh, sidebar: I remember playing Finite Round Three on my PS2 because I didn't have a, a next gen console when it came out. And uh, the thing that they really like made a, a feature on the PS2 version of that game was like the the sweat graphics. <laughs> like every every punch, it looked like ah! like sweat and spit would would just like fly off each of the characters. Every punch, it looked incredible. That's crazy. That I, I you know so. My history with Fight Night is did not ever give a shit about it. Then when I was at IGN, in, in, in Fight Night Round Four came out in two thousand nine when we were still at the old office, and Dunham is still huge into boxing and so it was a huge deal for Fight Night Round Four, and we did like an inner office tournament and all this stuff. And I remember like 
awesome. I got my copy and I was like, I'm going to get good for this turn. I was garbage. Like, you know what I mean? Like not understanding the sport of boxing. I could barely, I was just terrible at the game as well. So I, I just remember, never paid attention since then. I remember the fight night. I believe it was fight night champions where for me and my friend, in my friend group, uh, who we all just lo- love fighting games in general. There was a, there was a demo for fight night champion that we got obsessed with because I believe the two characters that, that were highlighted were Muhammad Ali and, Mike Tyson. That's round four. That's fight night round four. They're on the cover. Oh, was that round four? That round was four Ma- Ma- Ali and Tyson on the cover. Yeah. Okay. Then that it was that one that we definitely got obsessed with then uh, for the demo. And we would just go back and forth in that all day. Um, but yeah, fight night champions 10 years ago. I, Greg, what's your take? Do you think that nine years, this could possibly... he's playing fast? Not nine years. No, I don't think I don't see it happening. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, it's it. I even then I thought it was weird that boxing games had this like lineage that were going right and and it, here's the thing I you know I, I like to admit what I don't know right away like I don't follow boxing and I don't follow UFC but I would say that like it really feels like to me in, in kind of funny.com slash you're wrong that like UFC really came in and ate up the mindshare on like watching competitive fighting like I don't and granted it's weird very weird right now because of COVID or everything else but I feel like for the younger generation it seems like everyone's always talking about UFC and I never hear boxing outside of uh you know Max from ESPN and then the occasional like occasional huge fight with like uh, uh Floyd Money Mayweather right like and uh, Conor Conor McGregor right who also does one of them also does MMA but anyways I just don't yeah. hear about it and so I don't think that as a casual I'm looking in on this thing that there's a ravenous market for a fight night game you know what I mean I see. I, I have. I you know a blessing. I'm not gonna lie to you. You know, since mm-hmm. the work from home thing gives me all these screens in front of me, I do have the chat rolling over here. And my favorite one is the blind man over here who says, "Let's be honest, mate. If there's no skate, there won't be a fight night." Which, <laughs> while there's well, a funny line, is also I think really true. That like if if, if a skate, it definitely you hear people wanting another skate, right? I made a joke about it last year at EA Play at the end of the show and got a lot of people pissed off at me. Uh, yeah. Like there's actually a ravenous audience for that that EA is looking at and going like. No, <laughs> we're not doing that. Where's Road Rash? Give me fucking Road Rash before you get me fighting. So weirdly enough, I'm I'm actually like very big into the the MMA and UFC games. Uh, yeah. Like around that same time, we're me and my me and the same friend group were also obsessed with uh, UFC Undisputed Two, which I believe had the demo. Um, and then I ended sure. up like falling in in deep into that rabbit well or rabbit well rabbit hole of UFC games. And I honestly think the thing for Fight Night is that I. I I think it's exactly what you're saying. Plus the fact that EA now publishes UFC games, and I think yeah. both those games kind of compete with each other, even though they're even though they're different. They're they're I, I think similar audiences are going to be vying for those games, are, are going to be interested in those games. And so like EA Sports, uh, what fight? They said Fight Night was what nine years ago. Yeah, 2011. Uh, 2011, and then in 2010, October 2010, EA Sports put out EA Sports MMA. Right after that, when THQ went down, THQ lost the the rights for Undisputed, which then gave the rights to EA, right? And then EA in 2014, I believe, came out with uh, EA UFC. And since then, they've just been putting out EA UFC games. Like, there's been three so far, this generation of EA, EA UFC games. I honestly think for EA, UFC is kind of uh, taking over as far as, like, those types of games are concerned. And so, like, I could see, I could see a return of Fight Night for EA if they see uh, loss of interest in the UFC games, like if they've realized that over the last three games, we've seen a decline in sales. I think that's when you'd see them Im- immediately switch and go, Hey, let's put out fight night games and take a break for you from UFC for a while. Because yeah. yeah, like to what the question is saying, right? Like there's definitely an audience there, but right now, like the overall audience is kind of satiated with 
uh, UFC in a way that right now, like if there is some sort of dip with UFC at all, like I think immediately you put out Fight Night and you see like you you see a um, a rise of interest in it. Well, I have some news here from You're Wrong, all right, and they're <laughs> related. But as you know, Jeff Grubb from uh, Venture Beat slash GameSpeed uh, watches this show, of and he also, of course, tries to leak uh, dates for everything. both everything. And I've seen that he he's up there now trying to get around this PlayStation thing. He's like, "Well, I heard it might have been pushed. I don't know what you're up to, Grubb." But Grubb says in here, "It's UFC, the game we're talking about." This honest, EA is also working on its own golf game separate from 2K's PGA game. Yeah, that was my mean proof because, of course, we yeah, obviously you're wrong. You could write and say you're the Pope, and I wouldn't know. Uh, however, we do know Jeff Grubb is watching because Jeff Grubb tweeted uh, at. 1048 a.m. trying not to get angry at at blessing jr for saying Kerbal space program might be a mid-core game what what would it be core it's hardcore like it's a core game for sure like i, I don't think you you should play it because it's complicated as shit to try to well, make your I, rocket I, get it. I, I know it's definitely like an inside or not, not even an inside baseball i know it's definitely like it's a hardcore video game but in the way in the way that they're talking about i guess casual mid-core core i guess i'm thinking i think i guess i was thinking about it the wrong way because I guess, like in the way in the way in which we talk about those things in general, yes, yeah. Kerbal Space Program is definitely a hardcore game. But in terms of like, if you're talking about sales and you're talking about like games that are defined by like what, what, yeah, I don't know. For the record, Grub gets me, and you're wrong too. He's like, there's no way the sports games are not core for 2K. NBA 2K is also one of the best. I'm sorry, NBA 2K is one of the best selling, three best selling games of the year. But I think that you're Greg, you're right that NBA Playgrounds an arcade wrestling game could be mid core. So I'm half right, half wrong on that, according right. to Grub. I want, I want to know what else is mid-core then. Yeah, for, Grub. For, for 2K. Grub. <laughs> Get um, Grub. But yeah, that was going to be the other thing I point out, is that for the other uh, EA sports game, like go- there is a chance that it's golf, right? Because this year is the first year for 2K. Uh, or what was it? Yeah, now we're 2- talking about EA, right? Yeah, but 2K has their first golf game coming out this year because they acquired. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they acquired rights for it, but they're putting out a golf game. Um, but yeah, I wonder if if that means EA is still going to do a golf game, no, just not right. have it be Rory, Rory McIlroy or what their direction is with 2K that. Releases but yeah, this trailer for a new golf game, PGA 2K 2021. That's what it is, PGA. That's what I was thinking of. And so yeah, they have the rights to, to PGA. I wonder what that means for EA in, in their golf game. Yeah. Greg, now it's time to squat up. Anakin JMT writes in with a very interesting one. Uh, Kevin, I'm going to need you to click the link that's in this squad up and show it to the people because this is going to require illustration. Anakin JMT writes in and says, this isn't a squad up for me, but rather for a good cause. This past Sunday, Shad Gaspard was swept away by the riptides in Venice beach, California. His last words were telling the lifeguards coming to rescue him to get his 10 year old son first, who was also caught up. His body was recovered Wednesday morning. While Shad is most famous for his time in WWE as part of the tag team crime time. He also had a role acting, as he appeared in Birds of Prey, and most importantly for video games, was the mocap actor for, uh, and body model for Kratos in God of War 2018, and one of the stunt doubles for Bane in Batman Enemy Within. CollarandElbowBrand.com has created a t-shirt and memoriam for Shad for his heroism, with, with 100% of the proceeds going to his family. You can also you can go to at Collar, uh, at Collar X Elbow on Twitter for the direct link. If you're a wrestling fan or someone who loved God of War, please consider purchasing a shirt and supporting the family Shad left behind. I was going to read the link, but the re- the link is really long, so I yeah, highly it- recommend going to uh, at Collar X Elbow or CollarAndElbowBrand.com. See if you can search for the shirt. Um, but yeah, like this was the thing that that's been happening over the last few days, and it's been really 
interesting and, and mainly sad to kind of follow. Uh, Shad Gaspard uh, is actually like somebody who I was a fan of uh, when I was watching wrestling. Uh, so much so that in SmackDown vs. Raw 2007, I remember creating him and JTG because Crime Time wasn't in the game. <laughs> and, so, and so like it was one of those ones where I went online, went went to one of the creator wrestler websites where people would cook up formulas um, on how to create different wrestlers. And yeah, like I remember making Shad Gaspard because I was such such a big fan of Crime Time because I always thought their their gimmick was hilarious. And I used to I used to be in love with their uh, their theme music when they walked out uh, to the ring. And so yeah, like very sad, extremely sad story. If you've been keeping up with it again, like mm-hmm. you know they were on the beach, got swept away by by riptides, and as the lifeguard uh, lifeguards were going to save them, uh, Shad directed them to to go for his son first, like save his son first, and then he Shad ended up getting lost, and they found him uh, uh, later on. Very sad story. Indeed, but indeed. If you want to support, there's there's a shirt for you to to go and buy. Were you around for crime time? Were you watching uh, wrestling when that was going on? I w- oh, I was covering it more than I was watching it. So like that was I think crime time is main rise to fa- uh, there was during when I was still doing the wrestling games coverage for IGN because I remember doing stuff with them but not like watching it. So it's like when I saw the images like oh, okay I remember these guys but I don't when I was like hardcore watching it as a fan fan I wasn't I don't they weren't part of it. Yeah, weirdly that like that was my era of when I was watching wrestling, which was like an interesting era because it was like. 2007 to 2009 i think was when yeah, i was watching and yeah like exactly crime time right there <laughs> crime time was like the big thing um and yeah i, d- I also didn't realize until last week that he did mocap for kratos yeah so. i i was confused about that because i had seen that get thrown around and then when i searched for it i had seen an article that or a reddit thread that made it seem like it wasn't real and it was uh, this was happening it got revealed like right as we were about to do ps i love you and so I went to put it in and then pulled myself back because I didn't have the research on it and then pal. So I'm very happy that you did this and that, of course, Anakin wrote in with it. Yeah. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, Frank Furter writes in and says, new deal today. Uh, I know there are a lot of these, but Humble Bundle is a new, has a new bundle for Bandai Namco games on PC. Uh, and some are really good games. A dollar for Enslaved is well worth it, uh, is what he's saying. Um, and also he's saying this, he also says it's on PS now, but yeah, go to humble, humblebundle.com if you want to check out that uh, Bandai Namco sale going on. Uh, Joji says, they are also re-releasing the Scott Pilgrim movie in Dolby, Dolby theaters and re-releasing it uh, in 4K soon, so the game's re-release could coincide with that. It could. It just doesn't see, and I'm not saying there's no possible reason, I was just saying it's a weird, it's a weird tease if that's a real tease. And then Nanoballs writes in and says, no reason given for why Scott Pilgrim was pulled. Uh, but Scott, Pil- Scott Pilgrim creator Brian Lee O'Malley tweeted the following on August 10th, 2016. Quote, my number one goal in life is to get the Scott Pilgrim video game re-released. Give me time. End quote. This tweet has since been deleted. See, now that's interesting. That makes it, yeah. that's an interesting correction in terms of more information for you. And then Gary the Third uh, points out, right, rightfully so, that PGA 2K21 is not 2K's first golf game. They also made the Golf Club 2019, which I didn't realize, but that's a good one to point out. Tomorrow's hosts go like this. Uh, it's Greg and Tim back at it like a bad habit. Uh, and of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the server level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>